I think that I have mentioned that part of the reason that we have so much trouble today communicating, developing strong and lasting relationships is because we lack the common worldviews that used to define us. Yes, yes, to a great extent, they defined us. They defined our cultures. And not only have we washed out the definitions of our cultures and, and washed them out of ourselves as the binding between us, we have washed out the ways of coming back to one another of of being able to enter into productive conversation of being able to find common ground when you pay very close attention you'll note that at least if you're in in a phase of your life in which you're still trying to make friends or meet a lifelong companion, hopefully. You'll notice that you'll come to many crossroads in which you must decide, shall I try to be an influence upon this person? It, you, you, you might not think of it that way. You might not think of it so explicitly, but, but the decision is there. Shall I be an influence on this person or shall I say this is not worth my time? I think that many of us are constantly going through this. And we're, not only are we not are we um, going through it with if we're if we're in that phase of trying to meet someone, meet meet friends, etc. We're going through it with people that we already know. We're trying to decide whether we should abandon relationships or at least relegate them to lower rungs of importance maybe even relegate them to very superficial ones. And here's a warning. How many relationships can you relegate to unimportant before? None of them serve you anymore. Or almost none of them. And and these matters of degree really matter because... If you come to a point in which you have almost no meaningful relationships or very few relationships of a meaningful degree, you're socially powerless. You're socially disconnected. You won't be the only one. You'll be living in a society that is socially fragmented, atomized, disconnected, non-communicative. But here we are. Be an influence. Be someone who argues for your ideas. Not just because you believe in your ideas. Not Certainly not just because you want to be right. But because if ideas matter, then they're worth spreading. They're worth fighting for the souls of other people. I mean that in both the most superficial and deepest of ways. They're worth it. At least they're worth it if you're right. And if you're wrong then it's worth finding out the opposite.
My name is Kerry, and you're listening to From the Hip. I left off there with an interesting phrase that is, uh, I'm, I'm not even going to highlight exactly what phrase that was, but it, it, it alludes to the future of this show. It's really important. It's, it's the crux of everything. It's the crux of every reason that not only this show might be worth listening to, but why any other podcast that you expect to contribute to the quality of your life, truly the quality of your life, it, it, it contributes to that. And so I uh, recorded that intro last night, took a pause, and and uh, went and did some other things. And so I come back today with the mindset, kind of the interest in in approaching the the subject there of the opening four minutes through looking at the problem that I described through the lenses of commonly espoused, commonly discussed ethical frameworks, such as that of Immanuel Kant, or um, maybe perhaps a, a Christian ethic, and, and definitely the rational ethic of Ayn Rand's objectivism. I think these at least are a few perspectives worth looking at. The question of should I, how much interest do I put, how much energy do I put into trying to communicate to others who are significantly different in their opinions. I'll just leave it at that. Leave it, leave it very plain. Significantly different in their opinions and conclusions about important subjects. One of the kickers there is it might be an important subject about which they think, like, they think that is not important. This is an important thing in itself in that some of us are going to notice just how how much effect on our lives collectively or individually certain certain variables have and 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 to others of us in many cases many other people are not going to understand that this variable is meaningful that has meaningful consequences in the lives of other people that it has meaningful consequences in their own life Meaning, meaningful consequences in the lives of their children in the future, their grandchildren, and so forth. So, the, like when you look through that lens, the 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 stakes have heightened. When you're when you're asking yourself, how much effort do I put into trying to convince people the the opposite, you know, con- convince people otherwise of their opinions and conclusions when perhaps nothing seems worth the effort. Well, there's a revealing point there, which is that if you're looking well into the future, if you're looking at what you want your life to be like, let's say you're 30-ish, like me, and and you wonder, you know, you're trying to figure out what life might be like on the planet in 20 years, what it might be like for your children in 20 or 25 years when they're trying to become adults, be self-reliant, that should be that should bring into focus that maybe everything is worth the effort. Like, sorry, that you know the that that future, which is a result of ripples 
of con you know rippling consequences out across time. Well, suddenly now maybe the effort is worth everything. You know, it it's that future is weighty given that given that it could be it could be one thing. It could be a future worth having, or it could be totally the opposite. It could be a future in which human life is pretty much only misery. That's that's weighty. And and so if today you're wondering how hard should I work at trying to um, to, to trying to improve myself and, and improve improve my understanding of the world, and at the same time try to share that understanding with other people. If you're wondering if is anything worth the effort, it's like well, I mean, what are we talking about? Are the stakes the future of humanity? Because in the final analysis, that's always the answer is always yes. I mean, even even what kind of toothpaste you choose to brush your teeth with has a consequence on probably how long you're going to live or your quality of life as a senior citizen, um, the, you know, or the cost of your medical bills as a senior citizen, and, and if you help your children to choose the right toothpaste or not, etc., has, has these rippling effects into the future. Is that absurd? No. No, it's not. Does it sound absurd at first? Perhaps so. And and that is uh, often going to be the case for any important idea which you've never considered before. So, what are the stakes in any potential conversation, any serious conversation uh, of the type that I've just led on to? Well, they're the highest stakes, potentially. And, and how should you evaluate whether or not you're going to invest your time and energy and, 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 and attempt to fight for yourself, your family, and, and, and all of your future? Okay. I'm going to first put forth the the Randian ideas associated with this sort of question. The first idea that comes to mind from Ayn Rand, which was which was largely a consequence of having written Atlas Shrugged and and getting questions about well you know, how, how should we behave under the sort of circumstances that I've been describing, which is difficult circumstances? If you're asking yourself, is anything really worth the effort at this point? If you're standing here in 2021 and going, wow, I think people have gone crazy. I think the political system is totally corrupt. And I... And and some of you think that the that the uh, the Earth is going to collapse from a climatic, uh, pardon me, a climatic shift of of the greatest degree. If you if you're looking at that, then then yes, you're you're daunted. And and so, Ayn Rand's response was something like, "Look, you're a living individual on Earth." And your life is your own, and and what you need to keep in mind, the most is that is just that it's your own life, and that 
ultimately you're going to need to live it for the sake of the exalted moments that are possible to you. That is, it should be that that core, that, pardon me, that joy is the core of your existence as a human. And and it's a non-contradictory joy for you to pursue, hopefully. We're not talking about hedonism here. And, and so she just said, look, you, you have to pursue a life worth living insofar as you can achieve it. And, and I would add that you need to keep your mind open about what's achievable. That, that question of what is achievable stays here right in the middle of this question. What's worth the effort? What is achievable? You don't want to be too limiting in your ideas about that. The, 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 the other side of her statement is something like recognizing the fact that, that there are immense challenges and that you are not obligated to spend your life fighting a seemingly impossible mission. You, you certainly do not have to perish for the sake of other people who are not valuable to you and, and who are unwilling to recognize, unwilling to engage with the values that you would like to impress upon the earth. And I think that, you, you know, so if, if you're, let's say, you, you're on the opposite side of the political spectrum from myself, and, and you would tend to be having one, probably not even listen to the last four or five minutes, but um, also be aligned with a set of ideas that are opposed to my own, I would say, still... You have to look seriously, critically, at what you're going to have to go through in order to to just try to bring about the fruition of your ideas. And, and if that price is too much, then you need to ask yourself very seriously whether you need to to sacrifice your own happiness on this earth for that. From a, from, a, from a rational, egoist perspective in which your life is your own to live, the answer is no, you should not sacrifice your own happiness on this earth for the sake of some political cause that is next to hopeless. Now, that doesn't mean that you, you have to give up the political cause entirely. You can look at Ayn Rand's life as an example. She spent the decades following the publishing of Atlas Shrugged, it, 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 kind of reluctantly and then less reluctantly over time, publishing nonfiction. Uh, she, she gave speeches uh, over those decades she 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 issued her public you know, uh, public opinion on on contemporary politics, 
And I would say that the needle probably was not moved neither in her lifetime nor since. There might be more people who recognize now what <laughs> what she was saying then um, as as being true, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that, that, that those number of people are any more able to make a, a change. So she spent her time on those things, but she didn't give up. I don't I, I doubt that she gave up more of her time than would have otherwise pleased her to do so. And and she didn't give up uh, you know values of friendship, etc. I, I, I'm from as far as I'm my minimal interest in her personal life goes, I you know I think that's that's a decent example that I can be confident in sharing. She she I think that that statement that I began with, which is to live for the sake of the exalted moments that are open to you, possible to you. Again, the, the, the corollary is fight for your values, but not to the detriment of the, you know, to your most basic values, your, your ability to face life and, and, and be a happy and healthy creature on earth. That's the perspective. And while this is the most valuable perspective to me personally, it doesn't seem entirely complete. I'm looking around and asking the same questions I've already said. I'm going, okay, like what you know what a, what about what's coming? What about the fact that this this you know our political system it seems as best I can tell totally fake. I mean, look, Joe Biden is president. By by most reasonable observances, he has dementia. This this ought to trigger more questions in more people. That's just one example. And so I think, well, let's just say that I want to be alive <laughs> for the next 30 years. And I do. Well, um, what, what am I, you know, where am I going to draw this line between, between fighting for my values and, and just trying to live a happy life? You know, fighting for my values politically, because because th- those values are supposed to feed into a happy life, not just today, but in the future, and primarily in the future. You know, the, the question is asking, how should I act today in order to have a future at all? Because today, it seems like nothing's worth the effort. 
that I should just focus on the exalted moments. And this divergence of nothing seems worth the effort beyond immediately what I can do in my own life, that's really important. That, 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 that I'm basically describing a road to nowhere, right? It's just, I'm, I'm just trying to build a road that leads to the end of my property. Doesn't connect to anybody else's road. Doesn't, doesn't extend across time. There are many people in this situation, I think. Moving on. The, the Stanford um, kind of encyclopedia of philosophy, I think it is, summarizes Immanuel Kant's ethics basically as such. A thing is only moral if it does not benefit yourself. Basically, a thing is only moral if it hurts you. Now, aside from... I'm going to set aside the fact that this is repugnant to me. This makes no sense for living on Earth. And I think that it's, it is implicit in other systems of ethics, right? There's a lot of... Uh, Leonard Peikoff would say that a whole subdivision of philosophy kind of belongs in the, the branch of Kant. So, and, and I think that this, this makes no sense. It's, it's evil. But it does get a lot of play. It is basically the underlying element of altruism. It's, which says you you know you should um, you you live for the sake of others. Altruism um, roughly translates to otherism. It's a term that was coined by Augustus Comte, and and that's where it comes from. It's not just about random charity, random beneficence. It's about constant. Others' firstness. So I'm not going to espouse this idea, but I thought it would be interesting to consider what that, how, what that perspective offers to this question of how should I interact with people when I think that what I have to offer them is more valuable than what they have in terms of an idea that would improve their lives. A political idea, a meta-ethical idea, perhaps an epistemological idea, any sort of value, I suppose. But we're at this state of society in which it's very difficult to communicate such things because we're so fragmented because we're atomized because we lack common sets of ideas and 
not only that, but we lack familiarity with sets of ideas that might not be our own. We, we, we lack, you know, for instance, I don't have a, an understanding of the Hindu system of belief. I have some understanding of uh, Christianity, right? A lot. I was brought up in, in Catholicism. I have some, I guess, you know, enough dangerous, enough to be dangerous level of understanding of Buddhism or Taoism. But I, I don't share the same understanding of the Islamic traditions. Uh, or, as I said, the Hindu traditions, etc. And, and, and that's valuable to the extent that I can at least peer into the thinking of someone else who, who may or may, you know, who, who, who I'm interacting with and go, okay, I see. I see. Your, your, your priorities are arranged this way because of this. It fits into the rest of, of what you're thinking this way. That's valuable. And we, we, we not only lack our own, uh, to a great extent, be, you know, beyond, beyond, being, beyond those who are are, are really oriented toward the, the, the religious tradition that they claim, there's, there's not a lot of orientation towards co- coherent systems of thought. And so not only do a lot of us lack those coherent systems of thought, we lack understanding of others, and, and that's a really precarious place. Um, this is this is all the past minute or two is just to kind of to put a, another vantage point on on the theme of this show, which is the difficulties of, of communication in, in, in our present times. So it also underscores the the energetic cost. What and now? Now what am I supposed to do? It's going to cost me so much time and energy. It's going to put strain on the relationship that I'm trying to maintain in order to convey this value to others. It might cost me every relationship, let's say, as a hypothetical. It might cost me every friendship I have in order to pursue this world-changing and, 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 and positive-enhancing idea. But I'm going to be crucified for it. Should I pursue it or not? And, of course, we've already touched on that in a recent episode. And I guess the answer is, it depends what Kant's ethics and, 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 and that of the traditions that kind of, or, or philosophies that, 
that are kind of subsumed under that, what they tell us is, you, you must. You know, you, you must do it if it hurts you. That's how you know you're, you're doing good. And, and, and I think that the, the story of Christ, it f- kind of falls within that. It's saying, look, you're going to be crucified for offering your best to humanity. For, for trying to give paradise to people, you will carry a heavy cross and be nailed to it and be bled out after many hours. Of course, that imagery stands in stark contrast to the Randian position, which is, look, you're not obligated to do that. You you really don't have to carry that cross. You really don't have to submit yourself to murder. The, 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 that, that, that Christian story from, from a metaphorical analysis is still useful to me. But we turn and we say, look, this is, this is my life, and I, I, I really don't have to accept that suffering is, is the, the ultimate essence of it. And so I'm not going to accept as default that, that I need to wear myself out trying to convince people of other things. Now, perhaps I will not come to a conclusion via that Kantian perspective right now, but I think that that last point offers us a nice segue into a sort of Taoist perspective, which is that the, the Tao, the way, is the way that is effortless. And at the risk of conflating Taoism with New Ageism, I would say that the way is something like to get out of the way, get out of one's own way. And if you're looking at the the challenge of of needing to be an influence on the minds of others when that seems impossible, what does the the effortless path offer us? And for those unfamiliar, I think that that Alan Watts' description of the the way that his description of Taoism that, that I'm kind of working from here is this idea that a choice way of pursuing going through life is to be much like a dandelion seed or or some other similarly constructed seed that forms itself to be carried by the wind so it come it grows up and it it waits there on the head of its flower and the wind comes along and it, it is pulled away and it's not working it's not grinding to to get what it wants. It wants to be spread, and it uses the energy field around it. The movement of air uses the energy to get what it wants. Now, this is a perspective that that we might join with some other perspectives. We might ask ourselves, well, I think, for, you know, from what the rational, what the, what, what the Randian perspective contributes is Look, more than what I explained, it can it actually contributes. Hey, your your values are worth fighting for. What what the what the Kantian 
Christian perspective contributes is you will likely take a beating to to bring important and outstanding values to fruition. And perhaps what Taoism offers us is that is is a way of looking at those two truths and trying to implement them Try, trying to to recognize their reality their likelihood and negotiate the twists and turns negotiate the gauntlet of life how can i fight for my values and maybe sometimes take a beating but to do it somewhat effortlessly so Again, what are we trying to do? We're trying to communicate with the people around us. We're trying to bring goodness into the world with the recognition that you know our own futures and the futures we'd like to give our children depend on us to, to care about goodness and to strive for it and also to constantly check, by the way, if our ideas of goodness are truly good. And we know that this process is difficult, and we know that we're going to have to make some limiting decisions about who we deal with and how we deal with them along these lines of pursuing goodness on earth. And so on the fly here, from the hip, I'm going to suggest that the way is to relax. The way is to never lose sight of yourself as your own highest value and to approach these things with as much a mood or uh, of lightness or, or weightlessness as one can to approach even your relationships much the same way. You see, most every relationship I've ever had, probably all of them, have been strained, at least internally for me, by the fact that they're limited insofar as as I'm able, as I feel able to communicate what I'm actually thinking to someone else. And, And for us to hopefully be able to share that, I mean, and by the way, most of us want that deep down. We, we, we want to be understood by at least one person. Ne- never mind the highest stakes, the future of everything. We want to just at least be able to communicate our ideas about that to one other person. If we make no progress toward getting there, we'd, we'd most of us would like one other person, often of the opposite sex, who might then want to live with us. <laughs> we want just one other person to, to fulfill that role in our lives. But the, 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 uh, the, the opposite there is, is, I guess, to say, I realize right here in this moment that you, valuable person in, to me, my father, mother, sibling, long-time friend, mentor, mentee, are not going to understand what I'm saying right now. I'm trying. I'm trying my hardest, or I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm willing to try my, my damnedest to convey my best to you. And ultimately, we have to just say, I'm willing to try, 
but maybe I should not until I can do it effortlessly. That is, not actually you know, complete the communication cycle effortlessly like that. I'm not saying you won't have to put in any effort to change the world or to, to, to change your level of conversation with just one person. I'm saying that you put in the effort to find a way to be like that dandelion seed in the process. You put in the effort to be someone who can use the wind to change the world. I had no idea when I sat down yesterday or when I sat down today to finish this that that this is where we would be, uh, that those words were going to come out of my mouth. And I think that that sounds a lot like a conclusion. And I'm going to end off there with, uh, and we're going to close with August by Flip Turn that you heard earlier. I thank you for your time and your attention, and I hope that you have found something useful here. Mm-hmm.